Hey, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in John chapter 6. Thank you, my lovely assistant up here with me. All right. Hey, isn't it great to see so many people that are actually involved in what's going on here on Sunday mornings uh, to get everything happening? Um, you know, it's not one person or two people moving back and forth between things, but we got teams of folks that get here. I, I don't know if you guys realize this or not, but as everybody's exiting, just to kind of share with you, people get here at, you know, 8.30, 9 o'clock in the morning uh, to make sure and get practice and all other stuff to get ready for, for worship on Sunday morning. It's a, it's a neat thing to be here. Um, and actually, those are some good times. We have some good time in fellowship. Uh, together before church on Sunday mornings, before everything even starts. So we're having fun before you're even getting up, you know what I mean? All right, just telling y'all, man, y'all missing out. You know? If you want to get involved, just please let us know. All right, so we're talking about, and we've been sharing about, the I Am statements of Christ Jesus. All right, and so we're on the I Am, the Bread of Life, and this takes place in John chapter 6. So reviewing what we talked about last week and what's going on in this chapter, remember what John is sharing with us here is what's taking place is that this is at the height of Jesus Christ's ministry. And so at the height of Jesus Christ's ministry, there's all these people that are following him around. He's fed the 5,000, and so now he's gone up onto the mountain, and he's prayed, he's gotten that come down, he's walked uh, out on the water to the boat, and they've gone across to the other side, and people are just trying to keep up. So they're actually coming up to him and trying to follow him so that they can see these miracles and these things that, that are happening uh, on what it seems like to them is going to be a daily basis to be able to, to see that happening. So he, there's this prophet, there's this guy, there's this thing that's going on, and it's become the bomb. <laughs> that would be the term for our, our uh, uh, culture today, right? It's become the end thing, the thing to be a part of, the thing to get involved with. It is popular. Okay? So then Jesus starts backing up and he says, starts speaking to these folks and asking them why they're there and why they're following him. And he's actually challenging them because we've talked about this before. These statements take us from a belief to a faith. And there's a step that takes place there. Remember, faith is all about stepping out. Belief is understanding that there is truth. But faith is trusting in that truth and then stepping out of that comfort zone to see what God does when we, when we place our faith and trust and hope in him, okay? And so Jesus is speaking to this group we saw in the last, last week and we were talking about in verses 26 and 27 how Christ was greater than a cause or more than a cause, all right? And then we saw in verses 28 and 29 how Christ is more than just an event or a task, all right? So we're going to pick it up here in verses 30 through 33 today. So they said to them, so they said to him, what, shall we, what then do you do for a sign so that we may see and believe you? Now remember, they've already seen all these things. What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and it is written, He gave them the bread out of heaven to eat. And Jesus, this is from Exodus 16, that's what I've got in your notes or your outline there. And Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, remember, this is an oral culture. We're writing all this down. When words are repeated, they're repeated to get our attention. So verily, verily, truly, truly, holy, holy, holy. When words are repeated like this in an oral culture, it's to get our attention and to wake us up. And if it's given to us three times in that day and that time when you would speak to each other orally, it was like the height of your attention. It's supposed to tweak you to the very end so that you would uh, really listen to what's going on. So when he says here, truly, truly, or depending on translation, verily, verily, I say to you, it is not Moses who has given you bread out of heaven, but it is my Father who gives you true bread out of heaven. 
For the bread of God is that which comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world. So the first thing I want you to see this morning is all these people have gathered around and he's already come up to them and he said, look, uh, it, this, is, but this is more than a cause. This is not just something that you join into here. This is more than just a task. This is not, more than just a daily thing, an event that takes place. And now he's saying to them here as they come to him and ask for what? They're asking for a sign. So we need to understand that Christ is more than a sign. Christ is a presence that is in our lives. He is present through the power of the Holy Spirit in us at all times. We want signs, right? We want to be able to see that. Why? Because signs give us instruction. As you came here this morning, how many of you passed signs? What kind of signs did you pass? Stop signs, yield signs, no turn here, no U-turn. All these things that give us direction in our life on what we should do, how we should go, where we should go, and what we should not do. All right? So we're constantly trying to keep our eyes open in the world looking for signs because in this world and in this day and in this age and this culture, when you don't do those signs, you get a what? You get a ticket. So you've broken uh, um, a law. All right? And so they were constantly trying to ask for what a sign, some kind of direction, something for them to do, something for them not to do. Now, when we do these kind of things, think about this. If we do these kind of things in our faith, it becomes a work-based faith. And so when we're constantly having to, to receive a law or something like that, then we are just following laws so that we can get an out desired outcome for us. Our faith is not a work-based faith. Our faith is a faith-based faith in Christ Jesus. Our religion, what we believe, Christianity sets itself apart because it's not work-based. There's not a bunch of things for us to do. I don't come in here on Sunday mornings and tell you that next Saturday you need to go to all these neighborhoods and hand out all these magazines and do all these kind of things because you're going to do this and th then this equates to this. I'm not telling you in this faith that you need to go out and, and whatever through other faiths take someone else's life or stand up for this or do that and this and by doing that you're going to do this in heaven that, that that's not what this means our faith is based upon faith it's not based upon works so if our faith is based upon faith then we shouldn't be looking for signs to give us direction god's word gives us direction and as he speaks that word to us then what happens is when we have the relationship with God, we have a presence of God in our life through the power of the Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit gives us the direction that we should go and tells us and speaks to us. You should share with this person. You should go here. You should do this. You should step out here. This is something that you should step up and do in the church. This is where I want you to... All of these things come through the power and the presence of the Spirit of God. If we don't have this, then, I, then what people get into religiously degrades itself down into works and laws. And you need to understand that this is where the, the religion of the Israelites were at this point. So they just wanted, what? tell me what to do. Do I need to get up here and get, get this done? How do I need to do this? It had become law after law, not just the Ten Commandments, but over 400 religious laws that they needed to follow. Couldn't touch this, couldn't eat that. All these different, couldn't go to this place, couldn't do this on this day. And so it had become this. 
And so they were just, they were what? They were just moving from one spot to the next spot to the next spot to see what was going to happen next to try to find out what they needed to do next. And so Jesus, the people ask and say, look, are you going to give us manna out of heaven just like it's happened in the Old Testament? And Christ says what? Christ said, it wasn't Moses who gave you a manna out of heaven. It was who? It was God himself. God was feeding you. So you, you need to be fed from God. This is the bread of life that I'm coming to give to you, is the presence and power of God in your life that you're fed from every day of your life as a believer and a follower. This is not a moment. It's not an event. It's not a cause that we get into for a period of time. It's not a sign that comes. Now look, I want you to think about this for a second. And I use this for illustrative purposes only because I think there's always good that comes out of uh, things that happen that are bad. But when 9-11 happened, or what happened to our churches? People rushed into the church because they thought it was what? End of times. And then slowly but surely as we moved away from those dates and they realized that this was a catastrophe and it was something that was horrible, but it wasn't what they thought it was, what did they do? Back, back out of the church. Back into their normal routine. See, they were looking for a sign. They saw these things that were bad and they think, hey, this is what the Word of God talks about at the end when this is all going down. Is this the start of that? Let's go in and let's find out. But that is, that is not faith in trusting God on a daily basis. That's just trying to move from sign to sign to sign to sign. Now look, what happens when you're going from sign to sign to sign on your drive here? What are you doing? It's okay, speak to me. Speeding. Speeding. There you go. All right. That's an honest, honest answer. Good job, Ron. All right. I pardon you from that sin. You can go for it. All right. But the people of Flowery Branch may not, so be careful. All right. Now, what, what is, tell me what's going on. You're moving, aren't you? You're moving from one place to the next place. You're not looking for the sign that you just read that said stop. You've now moved on from that sign and you're going forward in the direction to which you need to be, doing, need to be traveling. You're not actually looking for the next sign. How many of you have ever blown through a sign? Oh, you ever been called for blowing through one of those signs? No, that's good, that's good. All right. I can remember coming back home from the beach one time and tomorrow was following me and she, was, and she blew through a stop sign at night in the small town and they pulled her over and I was sitting there and I was going, she's like, and she, I know what she was doing back there. She was going, he was speeding. I was trying to catch up to him and I missed the sign. I know that's what she's doing because that's what was happening. All right. It was night. I was ready to come home, right? You know, we're all trying to get there. And, but it, she's the one that got called for it. Had to go through all that. And it just happened because it just came up. It just came up. Guys, this is what happens in our lives when, I, when that's all we're doing. When we're, all we're doing is looking for signs, we're going to miss the everyday presence of God in our lives. We're going to miss the journey. If we're riding down the road looking for signs, you're looking for your exit sign to get off on I-85, you don't, sometimes you miss all the scenery, all the other stuff that's going on, especially if you're driving in the mountains, Right? If you're going up in the mountains and you're like trying to take these curves left or right, you're like, man, I ain't taking my eyes off the road for nothing. Everybody in the car is going, wow, that's beautiful. Look at all of this is going on. You're going, man, I ain't taking my eyes off the road for nothing. 
So, look, we need to slow down. Stop looking for these things and, and enjoy the everyday, omniscient, omnipresent God. All-knowing. And have him interact with our life on a daily basis. And to see that what for what it is. Let me give you another example in Scripture right here where the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Now, remember, these are the two religious groups of the day of for uh, when, when Christ was walking the earth. The Israelites were, the Sanhedrin, which was the 70, was divided into sects. There was all these different sects, and they had representation in this group of 70. So the Pharisees were in there, the Sadducees, the Essenes. There were other folks that had... Uh, representation or sect from these sects and groups and they were put in the there so that everybody it's almost kind of like what goes on in government from different parties all right Th these people actually didn't get along that great all right does anybody know the difference between the Pharisees and the Sadducees and that's right no resurrection for the Sadducees and and uh, no afterlife so they were sad you see you get that and the Pharisees were the people of the law. They were the keepers of the law. That's all they were all about, was following laws every single solitary day. So they were fair, you see. They were all about being uber-religious, okay? Uber-religious people that were self-righteous. The Pharisees were extremely self-righteous. Paul was a Pharisee. And you hear him talk about this all the time when he writes letters back to the believers, to the followers of Christ. He's trying to differentiate himself from the past that he knew all about the law, all about following rules and regulations, to being someone who's been set free by the Holy Spirit of God. So here's these two groups of people that are coming up. The Pharisees and Sadducees came up testing Jesus, and they asked him to show him a sign from heaven. And he replied to them, when it is evening, you say, it will be fair weather and the sky is red. And in the morning, there will be a storm today, for the sky is red and threatening. Do you, know how to, you, do you know how to discern the appearance of the sky, but cannot discern the sign of the times? An evil and adulterous nation, uh, generation seeks after a sign, and a sign will not be given except the sign of Jonah. And he, and he left them and went away. What was the sign of Jonah? How long did Jonah end up in the whale? three days. All right, this was the picture that he's talking about. He's talking about the death, burial, and resurrection of himself, and that was a sign that they were going to see, but they blew that sign, didn't they? They blew right through it because all they wanted was something to tell them how they could respond or react or work or do and then go on about their life. They didn't want a personal relationship. They didn't want the Holy Spirit in their lives. They didn't want the interactive of a living God, a true God. They wanted to what? Follow a religious set of laws or doctrine and then live that out and then get what? A pass into eternity for that because of their goodness and their righteousness. When and that kind of goodness and righteousness is based off of what? It's based off of ourselves. I'm a mess. Are you a mess? Good. I'm glad somebody else is in here. Because I look at myself and I think, man, if I had to rely upon it for who I am and for what I do and how I respond and what I think, I'm in big, big trouble. Big trouble. And so that should be what we see. But most people nowadays go, nah, that's not even a sin. I didn't even break the law. I didn't even do that. What is that? You know? 
We, we redefine everything, don't we? Redefine everything. All right, so here's another passage right here. Philip says this. Now, we're going to look at this passage uh, next. This is where we're going next, all right? Um, but in John chapter 14, Philip says this in verses 8 through 11. Lord, show us the Father, and it, and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not come to know me, Philip? Think about that. I've gone to church all my life. Philip was in the presence of Jesus Christ. And he's saying what? Just show me God. Just give me a sign of God. And then Jesus turns around and says, Have I not been with you for all of these years? Have you not walked with me? Have you not been in my house? This is not a religious experience. This is worship. Worship is submitting our lives to the master as a servant. We're coming here to engage ourselves with God through his holy word so that we might learn how to walk closer unto him. Not come out of here with five more commandments. Do's and don'ts. That's not going to cut it. He who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am the Father and that the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak of my own initiative, but the Father's abiding in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe because the works themselves. You ought to be able to see the hand of God moving so much so that you realize that there's something greater than yourself and submit to that. And this is what Paul says in Romans chapter 1. You ought to be able to look out in all creation and see the hand of God. You know, it seems to me that almost every week now, we're getting pictures from something that we've sent up into outer space years ago, right? And it's still coming back and sending us pictures with all this detail and all these things. That's how vast creation is. And this is just our galaxy. Things are moving beyond that. We're finding, we're being able to see beyond our galaxy to see the vastness of the, of the hand of God, the move of God. We're just a speck on a speck, aren't we? I mean, if we look at our galaxy in relation to all those other things that are around us, they found other stars that make our star, which is the sun, seem minuscule. Well, if that's a speck in all of the hand of God and the sun is so big and so bright and so everything for us, what are we? We're a speck on a speck on a speck, man. That's what we are. And so we have to realize the vastness of the God that we serve. Do you not, do you not think that God can handle your problem? Come on. This is the creator of all of that. Step outside today on a clear day. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that there's no clouds or rain today. Stay on the pavement, though, man, because you step out in a mess. It's going to mess up your shoes. And look up. Just take your eyes and see. God is not your co-pilot. He is your what? Pilot. You are riding in the car with him. 
He's got the road. See the mountains. See the vastness. See the beauty of all of his creation. Realize the wonder. Sense the awe and the reverence of that. Don't be looking where there's a stop sign around here somewhere. We're gonna have to, this is gonna change up here five miles down the road. You got uh, Google Maps for that. Set your phone up there. In four miles, you're going to take a left. You get there. In 400 feet, take a left. But in Atlanta, you know, there's a divide there, and you still end up on the wrong side, right? But this is what we need to understand. God's got this. God is bigger than a sign. He's a presence in our life. The second part of this is 34, 35, and 36 when he says this. Then they said to him, Lord, always give us this bread. Talking about what? He just got fed, right? 5,000 plus just got fed. And they're like, give us this bread. Give us this bread. Moses did this in the Old Testament. We want this back. Remember how I told you last week? When they crossed over the Jordan into the promised land, what happened? Manna stopped. Birds from heaven at night stopped. Why? Because it was a land flowing with what? milk and honey and everything that they would ever need. And their God had already told them that this was the land of their promise. Stop taking your eyes off of all that stuff to see if it's going to happen and realize that it's in the midst of you all around you every single day. And they said, give us this bread. And Jesus answered them and said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger and eat nor and he who believes in me will never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, yet you do not believe. You do not believe. How can you come to church every Sunday and not have the faith to step out and realize that God's got our back? You know that it's truth. You believe it to be true. But yet you don't trust it enough to understand and see and think and go through your mind to get beyond yourself to allow God to move. God is more than sustenance. He's provision. Are you hungry yet? 15, 15 minutes away from 12. Some of you are on a schedule, aren't you? I want you to think about Now, look, I know some of you take meds and all this kind of stuff, but you know, right? Most of the folks in this room right here, 4 o'clock is supper time for you, right? Isn't it older folks, 4 o'clock becomes your supper time hour, and 4 o'clock is what it is, right? That's right. That's right. I want you to think about this. We get ourselves in such a routine and such a schedule that we, do you find yourself eating at the same time, eating the same things? over and over again. Yeah, man. Can you live off a of PB&J at 12 o'clock every day? Come on, think about it. This is what we will do. We will set ourselves up, and we want that every single solitary day at the same time. I'm going to tell you, y'all may not eat at the same time, but if it gets after 6.30, I have eaten. I am done for the night, except for snacks. But look, man, Tamara doesn't get off some nights until 6 o'clock. She's eating by herself. I have eaten, and I am done 
taking food in for the day. My body is not having stuff going in at 10.30 or 11 o'clock at night. It just ain't happening anymore. I can't sleep. But I'm in a routine, and everybody needs to what? Get it on board to my routine. The kids call the house at 7 o'clock and say, what's for dinner? I said, I don't know. I ate two hours ago. You're on your own. Look, that is sustenance. That's what moves us from one thing on the clock to the next thing on the clock. It only keeps me fed for a certain amount of time. When I wake up the next morning, something's going in. I need something. For some of you, it may not be food, but it's what? Coffee. Coffee. Don't even speak to me. Now, that's the flip side of this. I'm not eating after five. Do not talk to this woman right here until she's had a cup of coffee. The day does not start. And she used to not be like this. But the older we've gotten, it's like, uh-uh, I ain't had my coffee yet. I'm like, can we go to the mall? Can we do this? She's off on Friday sometimes and all this stuff. Can we do these things on these? And she's like, uh-uh, I ain't talking about that yet. I need some coffee. I need to sit down and drink my coffee. Once I'm finished with my coffee, then we can have this conversation. The day didn't start until the liquid goes in. What does he say right here? I'm more than food and I'm more than drink. You will never hunger and you will never thirst. And all of us are going, mm-mm, I hunger and thirst all the time, about every four hours. Think if you had to be the one responsible to feed yourself. And some of you are financially, but what I'm talking about is like Old Testament. Manna from heaven, birds come down. Are you thinking they're not going, mm, this sun's starting to set. I need some birds from the sky to start coming down now. I'm hungry. That bread from this morning, it is gone. And you can't pile it up, right? He said what? It's no good the next day. You're only going to get from one meal to the next meal. To That's a horrible way to try to exist, right? That's why they were wandering in the wilderness. They'd put themselves there like this. God is more than sustenance. He's the very essence of provision for your life. Jeremiah 29, 11, 13, For I know the plans that I have for you, the plans to prosper you, to give you hope and a future. You will find this out when you call upon me and you seek me with all of your heart. God's got this. He's got a plan. You got a future. You got a hope. And if our time is ending here, our hope and our future is there. He's got this all laid out. Just stay in your lane. Realize who you are. Realize who God is. He will provide for all of this. Do I have enough money to retire? Do I have enough money to move into the next phase of my life? Do I have this? Do I have what I need for that? Yeah. It's called G-O-D. God. Through the power and the shed blood of Christ Jesus, he's going to make it happen. Is he going to make it happen the way that you want it to happen? No. What does Paul tell us in Philippians chapter 4? My God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. God has got this. He will meet all of our needs. He will take care of it. Matthew chapter 6, 31 through 33. 
Do not worry or saying, what will we eat or what will we drink? What will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. Kardashians, man. That's all that comes immediately to my mind. Gentiles, Kardashians. Every week we're watching what she's wearing or not wearing. Goodness gracious. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, for all these things will be added unto you. John 4, 13 through 14. Woman at the well, and Jesus answered her, Everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again. Come into that well every day at the same time to get that water. But who drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst the water that I give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. I got a river of life flowing out of me. Makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. Opens captive doors, sets the prisons free, prisoners free. I've, y'all not singing with me. I got a river of life flowing out of me. Spring up, oh well. Come on. Goosh, 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 goosh. And fill my soul. Y'all never heard this? Y'all, been, y'all need to go to camp. We're going to go to camp this summer, all right? I'm going to take y'all to camp if y'all missed out on all this. Man, I'm going to go back to being a student minister again. Take y'all all to camp. Got a river of life flowing out of me. God does this. It flows out and in us, through us, and out of us. John 6, 37 through 40 says this. Just finished. This is what I'm going to close with this morning. Not another blank, not another. This is a word of God. Leave you with this. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me, I will certainly not cast out. For I've come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of him who sent me. That of all that he has given me, I lose nothing, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who beholds the Son and believes in him will have eternal life. And I myself will raise him up on the last day. We got to trust in that truth. In the midst of all the mess, all the complications of life, all the infirmities that we go through physically, emotionally, Brother Paul in the back row, his job gets beat up every single solitary week in our culture today. He works for a portion of government that everybody just wants to do away with. Are you needed, Brother Paul? Yes. Somebody needs to stand on that wall that has not been built yet, right? God tells us to stand a post on the wall. Be ready. You are important. Every one of us has purpose. Your heart is still beating. The blood is still flowing. He is not done. That's all you need to know. If he is not done, then what does he need to do? You find that through prayer and searching for the presence of God in your life through the power of the Holy Spirit to find out where you need to be and what you need to be doing. That's not so that you can go do it to earn your way to heaven. That's so that we will be faithful to what God has called us to do. Amen?
That is us. We are here. We are still here. We're on Mount Salem Circle. Don't look back and say we've been here for 200 years. I don't think we've been here in this same place for 200 years. Right, George? George knows he's been here all those years. No, we haven't always been here. It's not about this place on this road in this circle. It's about the people of God and the presence of God in their lives reaching out. That's the message. Wow. Is that not powerful stuff? I hope that's lit your fire, as my old pastor said, then your wood's wet. If it did not. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you so much for the fact that you're in this place today. The fact that you've, we know that you've moved in our lives. We don't have to go out and think, how is he going to feed me today? How is he going to clothe me today? How is he going to, what am I going to drink? Because you tell us, I got this. I have a plan and purpose for your life. It's not behind you. It's this day before you. Don't be thinking about what I'm going to do next year, next month, next decade. Be about what I'm doing right now. See. See the sign of the times that I show you. The power and the presence of me in this world. And then go there. And be a part of what God is doing. That's the call of God in our lives. To salvation and then to serve Him. Lord, I pray this morning as we leave this place that we'll get busy not thinking about what it used to be but knowing what it is and allowing it to move in our lives. These things we ask now in the name of Christ Jesus, our Savior and Lord, through the power and the presence of the Spirit of God. And we don't even know how to pray. We ask these things.